0: Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. And you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Today we're going to read from Romans 12 and 1, and it says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Let us pray. O Holy Lord, you're worthy of all our praises. You reign in majesty above us and are our Lord forever. We thank you for allowing us to be graced by your presence today. Hallowed be your name. We are here to pray, Almighty God, that you will always light our way with your presence. We resist evil and pray that your light will always shine on us. May all people see your glory through us and come to worship you as the living God. Accept our love and adoration in Jesus' name. Amen. So you. Most of you might know that I am a a, a person of prayer. I believe in prayer. I also believe that prayer changes things because it changes you. And then prayer has the possibility of changing the circumstances that you're praying for. But the first thing that prayer does is to change you. Give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you. Psalms 55 and 22. Who has not heard that? Are you a worry ward? Do you go around, you know, kind of like rolling things that you pick up and to worry about? We often experience unnecessary anxiety. We pick up burdens that were never meant for us to carry. This happens when we take someone else's burden that neither you or them were meant to carry. And then we make it our own. I can't imagine people standing on a corner and things are flying by. And they say, hey, let's go ahead and pick up that worry. You know, and then make it your own. And then you're thinking about it, and you don't even know the people, you don't know the circumstances, you don't know nothing, but you're going to worry about it. Spanish people love telenovelas. You know what the telenovela is? It's an excellent way of learning Spanish. (laughs) Why do they love telenovelas? Because we like to worry. And we love to cry. So it just comes together, we worry, we cry. In some homes, women get together early in the morning for coffee and a concha. A concha is, a, Spanish, uh, is a, a Mexican sweet bread. And then they go over to their neighbor and they cry and wonder how the villain can be so bad and the good guy be so handsome. And then they complain about their husbands. Because you cannot get up from the table without complaining about your husband. But the one thing that many of us tend to do is give our burdens to God in prayer. If I ask any one of you, you will say, oh yes, I give my burdens to the Lord in prayer. And then if I ask the Lord, Lord, do they give you your, the burdens in prayer? Then the Lord will say, yeah, but they take it back. They give it to me and they go around and they they take it back, and that's what we do. We give our prayers to the Lord, our burdens, and then we take them back. Why would we do that? Often I think we do this without even realizing it. I know I have in the past, but when God but when the good news is that there is a simple way of overcoming this, I think we need to pay attention. And you might be thinking, How can you overcome something that seems so natural? Here's my burden. Well, I'll take it back now. It's not me the one that is saying it. It is actually said in the Bible. God is giving you instructions. The Bible mentions giving our problems to God a hundred times. Let me refresh your memory. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. When this pops up to me, it's like if the Lord was just, you know, saying, what, what are you doing, you know? What, what are you doing? You're, 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 you know, getting into something that doesn't belong to you, that belongs to me. Do not rely on your own understanding. You will never know what I'm doing. And then I go back to, you know, who I'm supposed to be. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Psalms 55.22 cast your burdens on the lord and he will sustain you. Matthew 11:28. Come to me, all who are labor and heavy laden, and i will give you rest. I know i had a hard time stopping because there were so many and they were so good. I wanted to share every single one of them with you, but i just picked those. The first and most important step in releasing something to god is and leaving it with Him, because that's, that's what we need to do. Leave it with Him. is to trust Him to take care of what He has promised to take care of. It's a question of believing what He says. If you don't trust the Word of God, then no, you're not going to leave your burdens with Him. Now, when you're reading the story of... of, of Hannah, you trust that it happened just the way it, it reads in there. When Jesus goes into Jerusalem riding on the donkey, you trust the story the way it is in there. What's the problem with trusting when the Lord says, Bring me your burdens? I'll take care of you. I'm with you always. What is the problem with believing the promises of God when we believe and would die for the stories that are in the Bible? It doesn't, it doesn't come together, and it needs to come together in us. His promises to us are important. This trust can only be developed by knowing the Word of God and His character. God's promises to you are so important for example. So, so important. For example, if you don't know that he promised to provide for all of your needs, then you will never know that Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Or when he said... And this is so beautiful. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. So before you go into the presence of God, He has already heard you. And while you're speaking... Everything that you are going to say is already with him. Why can you believe that? What is in the middle that makes it hard to believe that and prevents you from giving your burdens to God? Not only your burdens, but your prayers. This verse tells me that God was just waiting for me to give him whatever it is that I was holding and he was just waiting to help me. Whether it's the prayers of your heart, whether it is your anxious thoughts, whether are the problems of the day, the circumstances of the family, God wants to hear everything because he cares for you. But you know we're faulty humans Sometimes the situation takes the best of us and we can't shake it. It is at that time we need to have a two-minute pause and pray. Just two minutes. Why? Because prayer plus praise equals deliverance. And if you have a burden... If you have a prayer that you're holding, a situation that is killing you, you need to be delivered of that burden. And the only one that can do it is God. And the only way that it will be done is through prayer and praise. So how do you turn around a wor- worrying about a bad situation? A bad relationship? A bad job? A broken dream? a real bad diagnosis. How do you deal when a person who has loved you for so long doesn't remember your name? It's heartbreaking. You're trying to reach them and all you get is a wonderful smile and that feeds your soul. But it also comes with worries. you worried about their health. you worried about everything. So you bring everything to God in prayer. How do you mend a broken heart? Prayer and praise. While it is true that we can have a bad day, a bad day will not have the last word. God has the last word. And his word says in Psalms 30 and 5, Weeping. May last for the night, but shouts of joy will come in the morning. We individually have to find a way of turning our problems, our prayers, our illnesses, our anxiety, to God once and for all. Whether it is we take five minutes every day and sit down and just, you know, talk about that and just give it to the Lord... You, you need to find your own way. First, we must begin with praise. Then add prayer. And please, whatever you do, don't tell God how to do things. The Lord has experience. He's been around for a while. He knows how things work. And most of all, He knows how things are going to finish. The Lord is for you, not against you. He will never... Ever hurt you? Then start by calling upon the name of the Lord. Call him your King of glory, mighty God of us all, Lord of heaven armies. Call him lover of your soul. Tell him how magnificent he is, how trustworthy he is. Confess what doesn't belong in your heart ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you and confess it. Have you ever stopped to think how faithful and loyal the love of God is for you? Beloved and you are beloved by God God has never had a bad thought about you. Isn't that awesome? ever have a bad thought about you and no one knows you better than God because you can hide things and we can hide things from each other but God knows everything about you and he's never had a bad thought about you it is wonderful because he covers you with his clothes and when he presents you in front of the Father All that the Father sees is this light in you. This beauty in you. And the light comes from Jesus. So the Father sees you as Jesus sees you. And it is so important that you praise the Lord. God has never, ever... Talk to anybody about you. God has never um, spitefully treated anything that you had wanted. He had never said no just because I don't want to. If He has said no to something in your life, it's because again He knows the end of it. He looks at you with loving eyes. When he sees you, you, he sees you singing like the cherubins in heaven. With an ever-ending love, he says, You are mine. Mine. If you're sitting right now next to the one that you love and loves you, do you remember when in the younger days they will hold you really close And tell you sweet things. They might have called you and told you, you're mine. I know that during the ceremony, that was, in other words, that was part of the ceremony. You are mine and I am yours. And Jesus is saying to the whole world, you are mine, you are mine, you are mine, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine. He takes ownership over who we are. And then he takes ownership of what, over what we do. Humans would like to be faithful and loyal, but we're not. If you have ever been betrayed, you definitely know how much it hurts. Humans would like to buy faithfulness and loyalty at any price. But we overlook that it is already given to us for free as part of Jesus' salvation packet. If you've ever been betrayed, little or small, if you ever had trusted someone and then they broke your trust, you know exactly what I'm saying. God is loyal. God is faithful. When I see the work that God has done in me, I am amazed. You know, I'm thinking, oh my God. Because I failed so many times. And he's still there. He still loves me. He knows what I'm going to do in a month. I'll probably fail again in another month. But then he'll be on that side of me. So his loyalty and his faithfulness is of so much value to me. And I think of that And that prevents me from doing something that will offend him or hurt him. Now, there are times that I just, you know, I'm like a horse out of the gate. Never stop to think, boom. You know, I call that being my old self, you know. Um, And we all have moments like that. But God is still faithful. God is still loyal to you. Then after you have praised him... Then pray, let your request be known to God with thanksgiving. Not thanksgiving after you get what you want, but before you get what you want. Why? Because whatever the answer to the prayer is, it is without a doubt that it is the perfect answer for you. And for you presenting your request to the Lord, for him to solve it, for him to bring it to you, if it's a prayer, for him to cover the situation, his response is going to be whatever is best for you. So once you make your request known and you lay things down, then you start thanking him. You start praising him because you can trust him. Because he's not going to hurt you, and the answer might not be what you want, but you know that it will be what you need. The poet Joseph Scrivens became keenly aware of the power of prayer; it sustained him when all seemed lost in his life. You see, Joseph's fiance, fiance drowned the night before their scheduled wedding. How will we heal? from a broken heart, from a life that never had a chance to be. Both of them had dreams, both of them had plans, and all of the sudden they disintegrated in your hands because it happened the night before they were to get married. Soon thereafter, when his mother was ill, he wrote his mother a letter and enclosed the lines of a new poem he had written. We know the words of this poem as the hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. In the first verse, Joseph expressed his ironic truth. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Prayer is our open line to God's presence. An open line in time of need. I heard a story of a boy that jumped on the bumper of his dad's truck in order to hitch a ride across the yard. His dad did not see him. He slid down and was being dragged for several yards before his dad heard him screaming. The father ran around behind the truck where his son was still holding on to the bumper. He could see he was okay, just a little scrape on his knees and legs. But he just had to ask the obvious question, son, why didn't you let go? Why didn't he let go of the bumper? God must be asking the same question of us. Why don't you let go? Why don't we let go? You have heard me say I am a visual learner, so as I read, a a picture develops in my mind. I realized one day that verbally telling God my problems was not enough. So I need to literally give them to God, and this is when I created my God's box. And I brought an example to you. I've had many during the years. See, you can't open it. Well, you can't open it. <laughs> has a slit right here. And I write down my prayers. And I write down my problems. And I, when I start, I, I put, Lord, I lay down. And then I write whatever it is that I need to give to the Lord. For next year, starting January... I found the beautiful box that I was just waiting for me at Burlington because this is my favorite verse. Jeremiah 29, 11 where I know the plans I have for you. So this will be my next box. It has the little slit right there. I also have a prayer journal. Now this is more extensive because some Speaking with God about how I feel, what I see, what the situation is. As as if God needed more details, but I need to give the Lord more details. This is why I do this. Then I found lately this book, which I love, Refresh Your Faith. And it has stories based on different verses of the Bible with a little prayer. So when I sit down, I I do a lot of things. But it is these things that help me unload everything that I need to unload. My God's box at times are big. Other times are small. Like I said, they are glued together at the end. And they have the little slit so that you can put your um, posty inside or whatever paper. I take a piece of paper, and I say, Lord, and lay down, and I start writing. I end with, in Jesus' name, amen. Other times, it's just a simple praise and thank you for all that he has done. The hardest time is when you're in waiting for your prayer to be answered. And I write a little note saying, Lord, I'm still here. And I love you, and I praise your name, and I know you're doing the best for me. Why? Because that's me, that's how I express myself. Remember, it's a personal relationship with God, so I make my very personal. I do this to truly let go and let God help me. When Satan wants to bring something to my mind, I actually speak it out loud. I said, no, can't do it, it's in God's box and can't touch it it helps me not to go back and to think about it the simple fact that I have released it means a lot to me then I listen and I remember Christ's promises to me John 27-28 my chief hear my voice and I know them and they follow me so I know that the Lord has heard me and I know that I'm I am in a time of waiting the Lord likes to work miracles through his people so I also imagine that he's speaking two or three people to to make things happen for us and I just wait I like to end with a poem I found 23 years ago I was a new Christian then And there was a lot of things that were going on and things that I needed to release once and for all. And I believe that God led me directly to this prayer when I saw it. It's an old poem. It it is unknown. The author is unknown. You might have heard it already. It's named Broken Dreams. And it says... As children bring their broken toys with tears for us to men, I brought my broken dreams to God because he was my friend. But then instead of leaving him in peace to work alone, I hung around and tried to help with ways that were my own. At last, I snatched him back and cried, and how can you be so slow? My child, he said, what could I do? You never did let go. Church, let God be God in every part of your life. He is waiting for you to release whatever it is that you're holding in your own way. This is an example of me. You don't have to do this. Find your own way. You might be able just to sit down and... You know, and that will be fine. But find your way. Let God be God in your life. Let us pray. Bow your heads. Lord, we don't really know how to let go. We don't really know what to do to give you control of our lives. But we're coming to you in humility of heart to admit that we can do nothing on our own strength and to confess our need of you in our life. Lord, we pray that your grace and mercy would lead and guide us and keep us in your arms and help us release every corner of our lives to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.